Now, I don't want you to think I've got overly spiritual since I was here last time. If there seems to be a glow coming more on my face today, I'm using my iPad, okay? So I want you to know that it's nothing spiritual other than a good tool to use in my ministry endeavors. You know, I was teasing the folks during Sunday school for those who weren't with us. I said, boy, Pastor Frisbee looks a lot better than he ever did. Man, he's gotten younger. He's a lot nicer. He's a lot more handsome over here. And I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I get, I don't know if you are haunted on Facebook by Pastor Frisbee like I am. He's always bragging about how nice it is in Texas and where he's fishing and where he's going. And he does it on purpose to be an irritation like he did when he was up here. But I'm talking to him all the time, but he's so encouraging. I mean, very rarely do I post something on my, uh, whether it's on my website or whatever, that he doesn't comment a comment of praise the Lord or encouragement. So, you know, even though he's not ministering in here in our midst, I'm, I'm sure he's faithful down where God's parking. But you folks are blessed. You, you got some folks that are gooder than good over here. And I know you've learned that already and praise God for his goodness to you all. Now, folks, I have been so spoiled and so blessed in my Christian life. I, I've been under some of the most phenomenal preachers of history, especially during our time. I grew up at Grace Baptist Church in Muncie, Indiana, under Dr. Collins Glenn. Without question, I believe one of the finest Bible expositors of our age. Then I got this rookie when I went down to Indianapolis, a guy named Bob Taylor, who is just hits a home run every time he preaches, feeds your soul amazing man of God, one of my dearest friends. And now I'm down in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, the church where Dr. John Vaughn was the pastor for years. He's the one that planted that church. And he's now an evangelism himself. So he's got this younger guy named John Monroe. I'm telling you what, folks, this guy is a preaching machine. He's not afraid to tell you you're a bunch of worthless sinners deserving hell for all eternity and you're nothing apart from God. He sounds like one of those obnoxious, pushy evangelists. I mean, the guy is just amazing in his understanding of the issues and the presentation of how we're to live in this day, this age, to truly get a job done for Christ. So I've been spoiled, I've been blessed, and to God be the glory, great things He hath done in my life. But what I'm going to do to start off with here, this first service as such, of course we had Sunday school, I want to give you a quote that He blessed my heart with. And I've put together about four messages. I'll probably give one this week out of this particular statement. But before I go any further, I'm almost 60 now. You know how bad that gets. You don't even remember your own name. So let's bow our heads and hearts and ask God to help us. And let's just pray that God will get us where we need to go today. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for how you've blessed us already through the choir special, the fellowship we've enjoyed, the Sunday school hour. But Lord, there's so much more you're looking to do. So much more feeding from the Word of God, the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And God, I hope we'll be on the edge of our seats as such, just looking to drink all that richness in, all that blessed, blessed uh, substance from on high, God, you want to entrust unto us so we can be more faithful and pleasing unto you. Lord, bring conviction to our hearts as needed. Lord, none of us have arrived. We talked about that in Sunday school. All of us need more Jesus so we can be more like Him and do more for Him. But Lord, there are some folks in every church service I go to, it seems, that have never trusted Christ. They may know about Jesus. They may love God. They may even go to church all the time. 
but they've never understood how to be born again biblically on their way to heaven for all eternity by receiving Jesus Christ as personal Savior. God, don't let them be satisfied with the very temporal and nothing in comparison world that we have. God, help them to know Jesus right now so they can enjoy His presence. They can enjoy His power, His wherewithal, what He's looking to bring to life. But God, for that goal that's before all of us, the exciting opportunity of being in heaven with Jesus for all eternity. Lord, there's one here not sure about that. Lord, You're the only one that can convict them and convince them and convert them this hour and help them to know that they know that Jesus is their personal Savior. Don't let them leave here, Lord, without nailing that down. So, Lord, we've got a lot of wonderful things before us. Help us to be excited about your, your working, and God, help us to respond very tenderly and faithfully as you work in our lives here today. We love you and thank you, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, here's a statement. Now, folks, I'll give it to you several times, and I may have even given this at the men's winter retreat we had some time ago, but this is worthy to be presented and preached and, and again, parked on as much as possible. Here's the statement. What you forget, you cannot appreciate. And what you fail to appreciate, you will fail to value. And what you fail to value, you will not give your life to. Isn't that a great statement? Let me give it again. Think it through. Chew on it as I'm giving it to you here this morning. What you forget, you cannot appreciate. What you fail to appreciate, you will fail to value. And what you fail to value, you will not give your life to. Now, folks, I know where I am. I know what's been preached. I have no question he's preaching the truth to you. But, folks, all of you know our life should be all about Jesus. Do we all understand that? Every moment of every day is not for you, it's not for me, whether we're eating or drinking or whatsoever we're doing, we're here to do all to the glory of God. So the big question is, is that your life? Is that your choice? Is that your presentation of life? That again, your life is all about Jesus Christ. Because folks, God's not going to please with anything short of that. You hear me? God wants, He's a jealous God. But He loves you, and He knows what's needed. He knows what's best, and He wants to make that who and what you are on a 24-7 basis. Now, what I'm going to park on this morning is just the first part of that quote. What you forget. Folks, can we or are we foolish enough to forget God? Yeah, it's been happening, so, folks, since man has been created. You know, the children of Israel, they had the labeling through the Old Testament of, I forgot, I forsook, I followed other gods. Isn't that the testimony kind of summed up? And, folks, that's the testimony I'm seeing today. People forget how good God is. They have forsaken living faithfully for Him, and, boy, more than any time I've ever seen, folks today, even folks in fundamental churches, are following after false gods. So folks, we want to fix what's broken. But I understand, I mentioned, you know, folks, I do have trouble with my memory anymore. I, I'm amazed I can sing my songs without words before me. Sometimes I don't do that real well. But you know what? I carry my driver's license for several purposes. One, it's, it's a mandate, good citizen stuff. But I got a picture on there and I can remind myself of who I am continually. You know, if I get confused, I get a little, little, you know, a little out of sorts, pull the driver's license out. But you know what I've made? I've made a decision. I will not forget my God. 
And folks, unless you come to that determined decision in your own life, you'll get distracted by you. You'll get distracted by the world around you. And the devil will do everything he can to deter you and distract you from looking unto Jesus, not just as the author, but as the finisher of your faith. So make sure you make that commitment and do whatever it takes, folks, to be in remembrance of how great your God is. Now, here's where we're going to go. I'll give you some examples of this. It's from Genesis to Revelation. But go to the book of Joshua. Now, that's in the Old Testament. You're not sure where that is. Just slip into the table of contents, get the page number. But we're going to Joshua chapter 4. And I want to give you some examples here on how God says, Don't forget me. Now, folks, that's what the Bible does again from start to finish. But let me show you a great example here. And it's stated twice in this passage. We're in Joshua chapter 4. Go down with me to verse 1 and follow along as I read. I want you to see it from Scripture. It says in verse 1, keep turning if you're not there. For time's sake, I need to keep going here. It says, It came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man. And he commanded, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you, and leave them in a lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Well, Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. Well, Joshua said of these guys, he said, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder. Now, folks, these weren't wimpy, wimpy, whippy. Are you all with me? There's no little pebble things here. This is a big undertaking here. He says, A stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Verse 6, if I lost you, it said that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? And ye shall answer them, The waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever." Well, the children of Israel did so, as Joshua commanded, and took up the twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and they laid them down there. Verse 9, And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests, which bear the Ark of the Covenant, stood, and there they are unto this day. Same type of thing. Go with me to verse 21. In verse 21 it says, And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, Now when your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, Why are these rocks piled up here? What mean by these stones? Then shall you let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. Now let me give a little practical application here. What are the principles being taught here? Well, folks, we got to continually give testimony of the goodness of our God to our children. They need to hear what God has done in our hearts. If I messed up as a younger parent, I think I messed up not sharing God's goodness to my children. Because folks, I've been blessed abundantly since I've received Jesus as Savior, haven't you? And we shouldn't shut up as such about proclaiming the goodness of God and reminding our children that God is so good. But you know, we kind of think we deserve it, I think. 
or it's no big deal. Folks, we still don't deserve it. And it's the biggest deal known to mankind that God has been so good to you. So the first thing we've seen it twice here, we're supposed to tell our children about the goodness of our God. But it's broader than that. Look in the verses that follow. It says, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from uh, before you until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. Now look at verse 24. That all the people of the earth I'd say that's a broad ministry opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, I want you to let everybody know how good God is. Now, folks, what does that put on you and me? A 24-7 responsibility to proclaim the goodness of our God. Not being ashamed of God's personal relationship with us, but helping other folks know how God's looking to be good to them. So it says that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. So as God parted the Red Sea, He parts the River Jordan. And folks, it wasn't during a low, low tide here as such. It was high season as far as the flowing of water. But what is God saying through this whole illustration? Look up here, folks, because God's saying it to you this morning via me. Don't forget me. That's what he's saying. But how quickly, folks, we turn our minds, our hearts away from God and we forget and we don't respond rightly to the fact that God is so good. So let me give you this statement again. I know some of you are doing your chicken scratches there trying to write this down. So let me give it again. What we forget, we do not appreciate. And what we fail to appreciate, we fail to value. And what we fail to value, we will not give our lives unto. Do you all agree with that statement? That is a powerful summary statement concerning the choices we must make. Now, here's what I'm burdened about, what I'm going to do this morning. What do we forget concerning our God? Well, I think too much, too quickly, how much He loves us. Do you understand it's a perfect love? And nothing compares to His love for you. So folks, when you forget that, you'll go after something that's not quite measuring up to say the least of the love that God has available for you. And then you'll wonder why you're dissatisfied. You'll wonder why you go from one thrill to another thrill because the only one to fill that void and that need in your heart is that right love relationship with my Jesus. So maybe the reason you're so unsettled the reason you're so frustrated, you're a nervous wreck, you're, as we call a basket case as such, is because you forgot how much God loves you. Number two, I think we forget what He did and does to demonstrate His love. Folks, have you had anybody die for you lately? No, Jesus died for us. Now, folks, it's wowing to think that anybody died for us, but to think the Creator of all, God incarnate, came down from heaven, he was beat, mocked, scorned, nailed to the old rugged cross, died, buried, rose again the third day. And you know he did that for you personally? That is love, folks, compared to none other love. That's the love that God demonstrated for you. But it's, even, it's hard to imagine it being any sweeter or any better. But here's the addition. Now he ever lives to love you and again intervene on your behalf. When you become His child, He ever lives for you. And what's He looking to do? Help you be faithful. 
help you to bring glory and honor to, to His name, but to bring to your life. And how can you escape this and bypass this opportunity? He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you contentment, but it won't come from the world. You can't muster it or manufacture it in your own life. It only comes, according to Philippians chapter 4, when the heart and mind are in Christ. So don't just get fire insurance, you know, and know Christ is your Savior. I want you to be saved. But make sure you look to Him as the author, as well as the finisher of your faith, so you can receive all that love and goodness that God seeks to pour out in your life every single day. You know, I have people all the time tell me I'm a nutcase. And you know what? You know, it's, it's, I don't care if they don't like my music. and I don't care if they think I'm a nutcase. Because you know what, folks? I'm going to let any man any woman, any child, any organization rip me off from the wonder I have concerning the wonder of it all and the joy that I experience knowing that Jesus loves even me. That's shouting ground, folks. I mean, even if you're Presbyterian, you'll want to shout. You hear me? You'll get Baptocostal. You'll get excited. I had this guy, <laughs> I had this guy last week. He's a, just a nice farmer. Uh, he was there for a couple services. He says, well, Brother Maynard, he says, I like you. I said, well, I'm glad. I said, that guy doesn't like my music. He says, but I like your music and I like you. I said, well, praise the Lord. He said, and I like it because you're excited about Jesus. I said, yeah, I am. He says, well, I'm Pentecostal. I said, well, I'm Baptocostal. And he says, well, that's a good combination. But you know what, folks? Shouldn't we be excited? And I know Wisconsin bombed out in the final four like Indiana did, okay? I was a little discouraged myself. But you know what, folks? How excited do we get about a stupid ball game? Or I know where I am. You kill a bigger Bambi so you can have a bigger mount and irritate your wife in the house. But you know, you know, folks, we get excited about all these things that really... Let me get a little Italian on you. You ready for this? She's a no big a deal. Y'all with me here? We get excited about the dumbest things and we don't get excited about Jesus. How weird have we become? And so warped in understanding what's available through Jesus Christ. He doesn't just say, I love you. He demonstrates his love continually. He died for you. And now he lives on your behalf as you become a believer in Christ Jesus. Let me give you the next one. This is just as mind-boggling to me as the first two points, how people just say, who cares? But number three is this, his way, his will is perfect. Well, I believe that. No, you don't. If you really believe that his way, his will is perfect, you'd start listening to him instead of yourself. How does God speak to us today, folks, just one way, and that's through the Word of God? What are you saying when you daily do not search the Scriptures? I'm going to do what I want to do, and I know better than God. Well, that's not what I mean. Well, that's what you're doing. That's what you're saying when you don't listen to God. The only way He talks to us today, folks, is through, thus saith the Lord. If you're hearing some voice like Bill Cosby out of the sky that isn't God talking. Do you hear me? You need to attune your ears and your heart and your life to the voice of God as He seeks to speak to you through this book. Because, folks, doesn't He know what's best? Doesn't He most certainly in His perfect being know what's needed in our lives? But you take that God complex thing pretty seriously. When you start setting God's word aside and start floating your own boat and doing your own thing. That is the choice, according to Proverbs chapter 1. That's the choice of a fool. 
I don't want to go there and do that, folks. I want to hear what God has to say so I can receive all that good stuff as my own and enjoy daily His all-sufficient working. So we forget how much He loves us. We forget what He did and does to demonstrate that love. We forget so quickly that His way, His will is perfect, what's best, what's needed. And number four, we forget that He knows where we need to go. And He'll help us get there if we'll only let Him. How about that one? He knows where He, knows where he wants you to go tomorrow, today. He knows what He wants you to be directed unto to fulfill His call, His will for your life. Now you say, well, I, I don't believe God's called me. Well, you haven't been reading your Bible lately, have you? Once you're saved, He called you with a holy calling. He wants to guide you unto all truth. You know, He's got a job, ministry, responsibilities for all of us believers to fulfill, but it's not getting done, is it? More people sit than serve. More people forget that, hey, I'm, a, I'm bought with the price, the shed blood of Jesus. I'm here to glorify God in my body, my spirit, which are God's. Have you forgot that part? That you are the temple of God. That you are here as His child, whether you're doing anything or whatever, to glorify and honor Him. I wish I could say I see that a lot, but folks, I see that way too little where most Christians bypass the privilege of yielding as instruments of righteousness to let God do with them what needs to be done. Heartbreak of traveling, much as I do, I, I talk to a lot of senior citizens. You know, that's not a heartbreak. Sometimes it's confusing, but I talk to a lot of those people. And you know the sad testimony I hear over and over and over again? I mean, I'm telling you folks, I've lost count. Of senior citizen folks who said, I was a fool when I was younger. And they're living in regret because they wasted their life on the world and self instead of giving their life and all for Jesus. And you know what I hear from those people all the time? Brother Maynard warned these young folk. And, and young folk could be anybody from 80 down. Are you with me here? Warn those young folk not to waste their time on the devil's world or the activities of flesh-feeding white wherewithal, because it's not going to help you personally or your family. Help them to understand not to live like I've lived in regret, because I did my thing, instead of being faithful, yielded to what God would have done. So folks, God knows where you need to go. And God, through His wherewithal, will take you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. And again, He'll accomplish that wonderful will through you if you'll just avail yourself to His leading hand. And then number five, and this is probably the big summary point of all these, He's God and we're not. Can I have an amen, please? <laughs> yeah, He's God. Folks, we're not even in the equation. But how many people do I run into in churches who, this is God, and they think they're about right here. You may, and some I talk to think they're here. And if God would just take heed, they could straighten a lot of things out. But folks, let me give you the reality. Here's God. We're nowhere on, in the picture. Y'all with me? In comparison to His knowledge, in comparison to His wherewithal, folks, we're, we're nothing in comparison to God. But the exciting part is through Him, I can do whatever He orders up. I can do all things. Isn't this exciting? All things through Christ, which strengthens me. You know what, folks? Some Christians, and I hope they're not here today, but some Christians I'm with, they need to high, you know, climb down off their high horse spiritually. 
and quit being so pious and full of themselves and think they're worth anything. Folks, none of us are worth anything. Oh, you hurt my self-esteem. Well, praise the Lord, it's about time. You know, you know what? You're a worthless sinner like the rest of us, and we're all zeros with the ring rubbed out, folks. Apart from Jesus being our Savior, Jesus being our Lord, Jesus being our all in all, we are worthless creatures. And apart from Him, folks, we can do absolutely nothing. Oh, you can function, you can get a lot of busy work done, but nothing that brings any impact for all eternity and truly in turn glorifies and honors our God. Now, you become a solo artist, haven't you? You know, kind of doing your strength, your thinking, your own want to. Well, you're in sin. And I think I know the reason why you forgot my God. It's because, folks, what you forget, you won't appreciate. What you don't appreciate, you won't value. And what you don't value, you will not give your life unto. You know, I do a lot. I've been up to Shatek a bunch of times. And, and you know what? It's, it's fun to watch what God does in those places. But they always give you opportunities, don't they, brother, of, of things of remembrance. What do you mean? You know, they give you either a badge, a little pin or something. They may give you one of those, you know, bandanas things that tie around your head. And us bald people need anything we can cover our heads with. Or they might give you a picture of the cabin. You know what you need to do with those teenagers? Put those in a prominent place to remind you of how good God was to you at camp. I mean, some of the greatest decisions that change a life are done at a camp setting. Why? Because of a concentrated time of God's, God's Word. But when that time comes, set something that will remind you of God's goodness. Now, it may be for some of you adults that go on a mission trip. You know, you go buy one of those things you wouldn't buy anywhere else except for on a mission trip. You know, that, that figurine or that vase. It's not a vase, people. You know, you're down in Mexico. It's just something to remind you. Don't let that gather dust and be hidden. Let it be somewhere to remind you of how God was alive, well, and working on that mission trip, and He's alive, well, and looking to work even here where you're parked in your everyday activity. But folks, we need to make sure we take time to remind ourselves that God is so good. And, and you got to do it on purpose, as I mentioned, or you'll get caught up in you instead of being caught up in Him. Now, the best way that I've found to stay caught up in God is spend time with Him. Have you learned that? You know, I love Brother Daryl more than I'm with him. I found out he's a horrible golfer. I've learned a lot of things about him. No, it's not. <laughs> On ice golf, we are. We both are. It was the funniest thing. We're at Chitek, the men's retreat, doing this golf thing. And, and they only had like three trees on the whole course out in the middle of the lake. They were, they were staged there. He hit every tree, people. I mean, he was my partner. He was like, he was like Woody Woodpecker. You know, <laughs> he was going after it every time. What a, if I tell him the truth, brother, I am telling the truth. And it's hard to lose a golf ball in a tree this tall. Are you folks with me here? But I love the guy. The more I'm with him, I love his sense of humor. Uh, he's, he's warped like I am. I, his wife's worse. And, you know, I just she's funny as all get out. But, folks, listen, listen, listen. How have I grown in greater appreciation for them? The more I spend time with them. You think your appreciation may grow for Jesus Christ if you took time to be with him more? You know, you do study the Scripture. You do search the Scriptures daily. You, you want to. It's not like, oh, i got to do my Bible reading or a pastor will be on my case or God will zap me or something. Well, no wonder you're not getting anything from your time with God 
and you don't know Jesus any better than you did before. Folks, get to know Him, and then guess what? You'll want to serve Him more. You'll be motivated, because folks, when you find out who He is and you're nowhere close, you want more, not less. You'll, you'll want to be here for every night of the, every service. Now, I know where I am, folks. Some of you, I'll never see you again. You'll come, you will come back because the things of the world are more important in your life than the things of God. Oh, I'm a busy guy. Yeah, watching television. You know, or going to some worldly activity that just has no help or relevance to your life in Christ. And I'm not saying you can't do other activities, but when God gives you something like a revival to be a part of, whether it's a short preacher like Savinsky or a little long-winded like I am, you know what? This is a privileged opportunity to be before God to learn more of thus saith the Lord. See, you're going to prove yourself by the choices you make. And guess what? I know what choice God would have you to make this week. Be here for every service. Last week, the pastor was really, he was, he was God a little bit. He says, you know this lady sitting over the back on the right, left-hand side? Yeah. says, she only comes Sunday morning. She's been here for every service this week, and she didn't miss a one Sunday through Friday, people. That's revival, people. That's a stirring of a mind to break bad habits and establish and buy up what's really best and needed for your life. I understand you got to work. Quit your job. Come to revival. No, I'm just kidding. You know, but there are things that will seek to get in your way. You hear me? There will be all, I mean, you're going to have calls from people you haven't heard from forever. Folks that want to come over about, you know, 25 after 6, you know, and you'll say, hey, well, if you want to follow me, I'm going to church and I'd love to talk to you. But again, you've got to make an obvious choice to be faithful in any and all aspects of the things of God. Now, here's my biggest burden as I preach this message. Maybe the reason you don't, you know, spend time with Him and get to know Him better is because you don't know Him to begin with. What if I said, folks, I, I want you to give testimony of my good friend, Dwayne James. Say, so who? Spook! That's what his nickname was growing up. Spook, that's what we call it. Why? I had the weirdest nicknames. I can't even say some of them in public anymore. But you know, uh, but, you know this guy, Dwayne James. Now, somebody stand up, give testimony about what... I could tell you the way he shot basketball... I can tell you how he kind of cared. The way he walked was really funny. We made fun of him all the time. And he was a nerd, just like I was a nerd. That's the reason we hung together. But can you tell me about Dwayne James? Why not? Because you don't know him. So maybe the reason you're not telling people about Jesus because you don't really know him personally. Oh, you can spout some things you've heard over history and time of life, but you really don't know him. I got exciting news. He wants to reveal Himself to you today. He wants you today to establish a no-so-personal relationship with Him. And you know what? It's the greatest gift offered to man. The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, you may have all kinds of warped teaching. I was talking to some of the folks about what they were involved with last night at the prison. And some folks said There's many, there are many roads to heaven. Many ways to get to heaven. You know what? Not according to the Bible. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by Him. Can this church save you, folks? No. Can this church get you to heaven? No. They can tell you what the Bible says, but only God will save your soul. And He brought you here today so you could know Him personally. Now, folks, once you get saved and you know Him, 
every day get to know him better. And don't forget my God. Because, folks, what you forget, you're not going to appreciate. And what you don't appreciate, you're not going to value. And what you do not value, you listening? You will not give your life to. God Christ, from Genesis to Revelation, don't forget me. Would you bow your heads and hearts, please? Heads bowed and eyes closed. What a great day to meet with a great God who wants to bring great things to your lives. God is knocking on your heart's door. Will you listen to what He's trying to say and receive what He's trying to bring to your life? In just a moment, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. As we have that, folks, I don't think this morning we're going to have any singing. I think we're just going to have a response because I want pastor to be down at the front and available for you. But as the instruments play in just a moment, you know, are you listening? Will you receive? And will you buy up what God has for you? So I still don't know what to do. Well, that's why pastor's here. That's what he's available to help you with even here this morning. You're not saved? Boy, I saw a teenager do that here uh, last week. He was on the front row. It was a lot easier. But as soon as the invitation was given, in spite of his friends, and boy, he's a rough-looking character, he walked forward to pastor and says, I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. You know, that can happen in your life today if you'll just again say, hey, I need Jesus. I need to be saved today. Heavenly Father, help us now as we have this invitation Lord, I don't know how to make it any clearer, more straight up. And Lord, I pray these folks had ears to hear today. Lord, I just pray they will so humbly submit themselves to your working. working, And God, they will be, Lord, listening and so excited to receive your transforming work this hour. Lord, I've said it several times, and you know it's my heart's burden, that, Lord, there are folks that need to get saved, and I pray they'll get saved today. Lord, they won't mess around with eternity but they'll know that they know that they know that Jesus is their personal Savior. Lord, I pray for those Christians who need to just, you know, have a bump in their brain as far as a reminder, appreciation, value, and Lord, really heart commitment. That God, if any of those things are out of biblical working order, that they'll seek your forgiveness. And God, they'll just again meet with you today and let you bring forth a cleansing, victorious working in heart. So, Lord, you're so looking to work. Help us to be looking to buy it up. And, God, for the decisions that are made, we'll just rejoice and praise you for it.